In this episode, we discuss a somewhat obscure topic that isn't getting much attention these days, AI. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrap SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. I'm Rick. I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. What's going on, Rick? What's up, TK? Not a whole lot. We've been talking. Normally, we only talk on the podcast, but since we're working together right now, we've like talked a couple times since the last episode. Two times. Yeah. So I actually, know, <laughs> I know stuff about you that our audience does not. So Ooh, that's a good point. Our updates and stuff here. But um, it sounds like we're going to take a little, uh, rather than giving our updates at the beginning here, we're going to dive right into um, the, a topic that's on both our minds and on everyone's mind. And everyone's probably sick of listening to it, which is about AI, right? You said you've been using uh, some AI tools. Yeah. So I've, I've had it on my list uh, of to-dos to embed, try to embed AI into workflows. And I have, have not done it until this past weekend where I started using some of Notion's um, uh, writing AI, uh, content generation AI tools to help me with some of my um, note writing. And it's pretty cool, I got to say. Yeah. So like, what do you give an example of a time you've used it? So a lot of the the writing that I do um, that's sort of bite size is I'll read a, uh, an article um, and then I'll distill that article into bite sized takeaways. Um, and oftentimes, like I wouldn't take the whole article and copy it and then say, hey, I do this. But oftentimes there's like a paragraph and you're like, you know, it's kind of how do you make that paragraph into like a two sentences versus like eight sentences? And uh, I was impressed with how good uh, the first draft was of like taking a paragraph and saying, mm -hmm. make this shorter. Um, Notion's AI tool like was really good at that. Yeah. Do you know, are they using uh, an open AI API or did build it themselves? Do we know I that? I think they're, I assume, I just assumed that they were using open API, but yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I guess I should, should look into that. I, yeah. Okay. So you've you've been using it for writing. It seems like that's like a pretty clear use case. Is uh, it's it's good at writing. It's like I as a human was going to write, and this is going to write some of it for me or whatever. Yeah, it's like a first draft, an editable first draft versus starting with a blank piece of paper. Yeah. Um. So I think that's useful. Uh. But I I mean it was I was I, it added value and saved me time. Yeah. How much? Yeah. I I, I think. So let me pause and just give a disclaimer. We're going to talk about AI here and everyone's talking about it and every opinion we could give has already been said. So like none of this is original, but like a thing I think a lot of people are worried about is, okay, so everything like AI will just flood the content market with more content uh, to the point where we're, we may be in this weird sweet spot where like humans are still writing stuff, but AI can make it faster. Are you worried at all though that just there's no room for human writers at all two years from now because like. Like it might just break SEO entirely, for example. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I see SEO very threatened by this. Um, I'm not worried about, I guess I I generally don't worry about these things. Um, I, I guess I, I don't, I'm not worried about it per se, but I, I see a lot of opportunity to to use it. Um, but I haven't really thought about the negative effects, but I, it seems like if content gets better as a result of this, that's a good thing for everyone. Well, until the point that, if it's if it's too easy to create content, there's like just too much of it. I feel like, or aren't, it, we, aren't we already at that point? And why yeah, we have Google enough. is to like distill, like help us find the best content. But Google's gotten worse at that over the last ten years, not better. And that's not. I don't think that's 
entirely Google's fault. It's because like 10 years ago or maybe 15 years ago, you could just write interesting things and it would just work, right? Like there wasn't enough stuff on the internet that you were competing with. And if you wrote interesting stuff, you would just start getting SEO and all that. Now, every time I do a Google search, the first five results are just like terrible blog spam. And AI is just going to make it 10 times easier to make that or 100 times easier to make that. Uh, and then Google's not going to... When I say it's going to break SEO, I don't mean it's going to compete with Google for search. That's a separate conversation. I mean, the web is going to be so full of AI-generated content that there's just going to be no way to break through the noise. Yeah. So you're worried about from a, a content creator's perspective getting found. Yeah. And and that's not necessarily, you know, what, what might answers to that be? Uh, newsletter, build an audience. Maybe pe like people just won't find random pieces of content by searching anymore. You have to like look at the, like it, it's more of a reputation game in that world, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems like, uh, it seems like that probably reputation is all you have at that point. If, if the content's equal. Yeah. And then, yeah, and if the content isn't if the content is equal, maybe there shouldn't be. Repu I don't know. It's it's a, it's weird to think if I want to read an article, rather than finding an article that has been written on this topic, I will just generate one right now. Like, it's hard to think think through all of the second order effects that that might yeah. have in terms yeah. of business, in terms of just culture, everything. Yeah, and we have to reach the point where you believe that that content is better than what you could search on Google, and I don't think that's true today. Like, I, I think, think it is for most things. You act, you think that typing in a prompt into an AI is better than searching Google? It depends on the on the content, but I think oh. Google has gotten so bad over the last mm. few years. Um, if I, I'm sure there is content out there that's better than what the AI is writing, but can I find it anymore? No, because Google stopped. There's no long tail anymore, right? You search like I did. The, I'm doing a lot of Google searching um, for Laravel stuff right now because I'm trying to learn that, and I'll type like a pretty specific search. I'll be like. Laravel sale on Windows command to create component. Oh, and Google's God. just like, did you want the main Laravel docs? And I'm like, no, I typed like eight words and you stripped <laughs> seven of them out. Like, <laughs> I just don't find Google all that useful anymore. I, yeah. I say this and yet I'm not using ChatGPT. I sometimes use ChatGPT for this instead. And so maybe I'm like being a hypocrite because like I don't actually, I still Google stuff and then get mad rather than going to. ChatGPT. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, I guess the the kind of the topic is what should we be doing about this? Um, like, what what where did you want to go with this? Yeah. Um, so I've done a little brainstorming on this with a few people, but especially Michael, our uh, lesson learning serums had a customer service. Um, I thought maybe I'd just share some I, I thought some thoughts we had, some ideas we had, but all, yeah, it's hard to like how much should this be a big picture conversation about the future of AI, and how much should it just be like. I'm running a SaaS company right now. Can we use it in the moment? Um, I don't get the impression you're like spending a lot of uh, mental energy thinking about AI, aside from how you personally might use it. Yeah, I think that the areas that I th that I'm spending most of my time are are either are, are either regulated or extremely complex. So my ability to sort of trust AI right now and, yeah. is, and play with it is like it's not very useful. Um, but like with my newsletter, I do see opportunities to like use it for research or or um, or just prompts uh, helping me write. Um, but I, outside of that, I I haven't really put a lot of thought into it. Yeah, yeah. It seems like uh, let's start there. I know we already said it, but writing is the the most clear use case, and 
probably it's already good enough to, to revolutionize how that works. And it, it like you're using it already. A lot of people are using it. I'm like, that's pretty limited in the, like all of the things that need to get done in the world. You know, writing articles is only one small part of that, obviously. Let me start with a few questions um, or, or like, let me make a few statements and see if you agree. Uh, I don't think the chat UI is good for most things that technology can help us with. And I'm happy to elaborate, but let me just get your first impression on what I just said. You said chat UI? Yeah, the idea of like, here's a box, type in what you want, and we'll you know, give you an answer. I don't think that's useful for many things. So that's not how I've interacted with it. Um, I've interacted with it primarily through an existing workflow and by selecting text and then uh, asking for help with that text. Um, I'd, I'd argue that's still chat, though. That's okay, like it's still chat. Okay. There's no buttons. There's no graphical UI. You're not pushing buttons. You're not selecting things on a form. You're just freeform text box. Tell us what you want. In your case, you're copying something from another place, and you're saying no, no. no. I'm in. The, I'm actually in Notion writing something, and I'll select text in Notion. Four buttons will pop up, and I click a button. Oh, okay. So like that's that's my interaction with it. Um, so if you like, if you if you were to try this tonight, like go into like Legup's Notion or Startup's Last Notion, um, and then just like select some text, and then click Use AI Assist, and then it'll give you like four options of what it can do to that text that you selected. Oh, okay. So it's like summarize it. Like what 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 are the other Shorten options? Shorten it. Make it more professional. Change the tone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, make it longer. Like which okay. is like interesting. So that's cool because uh, this very much supports my my claim. I, I I'd played around with the Notion AI, but the version I did is if you hit space in Notion and then start typing, it basically just treats it like a Chat GPT prompt. Like you can, oh, you can tell it to do that. That's my impression of one of the ways to use it. I didn't know they had like here are the options. That's exactly why I think Chat is a bad UI, is because I don't think most people are like creative enough to figure out what can be done with it. Um, like. It's the same reason most people are not very good at searching Google. Yeah. Yeah. But, but at least with a search, you're like, I do have a question Yeah, and I'm going to tell it the question Yeah, and maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. But like, I think one of the reasons Alexa bombed Siri, part of it's, they're not very good. They're not as good as open AI, but a big part of it's just like, I'm like, okay, what can I do with this? Uh, Hey Siri, can you do this or that? And then it's like, no, I can't do that one. I'm like, well, can you do this? And it's like, Kind of, it's like, show me what you can do. Just give me a, give me a <laughs> list then, of things. But then you when can it do. tries to do that, it's like super annoying because it's interrupting you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, it's interesting. That's interesting. And I, th- you might say, well, if the AI gets good enough, um, that's not a problem anymore because you can ask it to do anything. But this has come up. Uh, I feel I, I've, I've dabbled with the idea of getting like a virtual assistant, um, just, you know, a few hours a week, doesn't cost that much money. But then I'm like, what could I really tell them to do? Like, People are using book travel for me as, as a like use case of how they want you AI to work. Like, hey, I want to go to uh, Greece this summer. Um, you know, here are the dates. Book it for me. And it's like there are so many things. I, I wouldn't trust a human to do that without a tremendous amount of back and forth. It's like, uh, well, I, I don't want to go through that airport or I want to use this airline or uh, timing matters to me. I don't want to deal with rush hour traffic on my way to the airport or, well, Shelly's family is flying. We're, we're going to Greece with Shelly's family. They're flying in from Los Angeles and we need to get there around the same time. I Just show me a list of times. Yeah, let me, uh, pick. Let me just, yeah, let let me me just pick. do it. Yeah. Even a human, I don't think is that... I have not been able to figure out how a human assistant would be able to help me in my personal life. Maybe this is a lack of creativity, but again... 
it requires so much creativity to use like a chat UI, I think. So, well, I mean, do you buy that? I, I, yeah, I think like uh, open-ended prompts are require brain power um, or pattern or like past experience. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, I believe I, I buy that. Cool. So I don't I don't want this to come across as me being like uh, down on AI. It's very clear to me that this is going to be a big deal and I'm, I'm very much a believer. But I also think all these products that are just like, here's a chat box in a slightly different context from just the generic chat GPT thing. I just, I have a hard time believing that that's at least what this next wave is going to really look like. So I've been trying to play around with what might it look like as someone who's got a product, uh, how can we use AI to make our business better? And it's not, oh, now there's a little chat assistant in the bottom corner of the website. I'm just like that. I'm not a believer in that being it. Um, so, uh, yeah, let me run some ideas we had by you. So yeah, I think at the end of the day, we need graphical user interfaces. I don't, who is it? I was just listening to a podcast from someone that was saying the exact opposite. Um, so anyway, I'm, this is not necessarily a like universally agreed upon thing, but I think the interface still needs to be how it has been. And then AI needs to be in the background. If a user thinks they're interacting with AI, I think that's a smell that it hasn't been done properly. Um, when you say graphical user interface, are you referring to um, something you can see? And that could be like through an Oculus uh, uh, interface. It could be, uh, you know, it, it could, is it just, it, or are you spe- speaking specifically through the internet browser? Uh, I mean, I guess in my head, I'm thinking, basically what I'm saying is the interface shouldn't change from how it has been. Um, okay. Which for me, I'm in the web world, so I'm thinking uh, a web interface, but Uh, Like, I don't think it's like a Siri Alexa type interface or a voice, not a voice interface, not a a voice, not a chat bot. It's like you're pushing buttons. Um, what, let me give you a, well, no, that would be too tortured of an analogy. So never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Let me, let me, let me throw out some actual ideas we had at Less Learning Serum. So, um, one thing is I've heard, I have not done a lot with this. I've heard ChatGPT is quite good at reformatting data. Um, so like you could say, you know, here's a, I, I took this, uh, I, I took all the stuff in a PDF, you know how like a bunch of government data is like PDF tables, but like, how do you, you could, as I understand it, you could copy and paste that into chat GPT or uh, GPT four and say, Hey, give this to me as a, an, an Excel file with the right column names or something like that. This is a pretty, I think a lot of SAS products have a challenge like this, but the specific one less knowing CRM has is importing data from other CRMs. Every CRM exports data in different formats. Uh, it's kind of like multi, it's it's like one-to-many and many-to-many relationships. So it's kind of like structure. It's not just like a flat file that's easy to structure. Um, I've been toying with maybe putting a developer on just as a little test. Like, can we, when the, when the user imports their file, can we just give that file to ChatGPT? Disclaimer, I would not do this right now because it's it's in beta and like privacy stuff. But let's say we got we got over the privacy stuff. Um and just say, hey, uh, ChatGPT, here are API functions. Like, import this data for us. The user doesn't even have to know that this is happening. Um, that's that's the flavor of thing that I personally am optimistic about, where the user doesn't know it's happening. The product just does what they wanted without them having to do what is currently a pretty complicated, like mapping fields between things and all that. Reactions? I think it's a good idea. Like, why? That's awesome. Try it. Yeah, I mean, importing is not our most important thing right now. Yeah. Um, if we were building, yeah, like, I, I do like the like the general concept of 
I, I, I'm thinking about leg up benefits, which you're building right now. And, and there's this concept of submitting some, you know, an insurance card as document, you know, documentation. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe instead of adding your policy manually, you just take a picture of your insurance card and we, we d- deduce through AI what that policy is and, and pre-fill the form to add your policy. That's, that'd be a, an example. I, use yeah, case I think for that's an awesome example because my understanding is the, the prior to AI, the technology for this would have been OCR, uh, I don't know what that stands. Do you know what that stands for? Optical character recognition. Okay. Um, and it like I knew an acronym that you, you didn't go. know. <laughs> there you go. Are you a hacker, Rick? Um, I I learned about this because I was actually uh, was interested in this particular use case um, at, at my previous gotcha. company. So okay. So, um, and my understanding is OCR technology has been very hard to build. And even if you built it, then it's like. Okay, so we've got all this text, but like which field is which? And you'd still have to like, whereas now, yeah, I think my understanding is chat GPT could not do that, but GPT-4, kind of the next iteration, can take an image and not just pull out, say, give me all the text from the image, but you could say, what is the policy number? Structure it, like basically structure it. Yeah, I, again, and, all and, of this is theory. I, yeah. I don't, we haven't that, done so this. That's super that's cool. Awesome. Same, 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 uh, same idea with like documentation. Um, like, I mean, if you think about it, like, one thing that we've talked about with Lega Benefits is that when you do tax-free reimbursement of something, there's this IRS requirement that as an employer, you collect documentation. I mean, chat GPT could ver- automatically verify that documentation for the employer, um, mm-hmm. you know, that it matches uh, what, what the input on the form. Um, that's something that uh, Zane Benefits, my previous company, had a team of people doing. Um, they, they weren't mm-hmm. like approving or denying anything. They were just verifying that what the person submitted matched what uh, was on the... Uh, form that they submitted. Yeah. So that, uh, that brings me to, I think the next like category that I'm pretty bullish on here, which is like a human in the loop service. Um, mm, yes. Where now it's, it's still dangerous. Cause it's like maybe five years from now, the human isn't in the loop anymore. Cause AI has gotten so good. And then it's like, uh, you know, robots take over. I don't know, but like Terminator. Sh- Terminator yeah. <laughs> in the short term though, it's like, um, again, I'm, I'm thinking what, ca- what can we use AI for that? The customer won't notice. And that's a perfect example where, um, you know what Mechanical Turk is? Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the history of the name, like why it's called Mechanical Turk? I do not. I might butcher this a little bit, but like back in the day, apparently there was this, I don't know, it was like the 1500s or like way before robots could have possibly existed. Someone made a robot that played chess, I think it was. But what they actually did is they just hired a really good chess player to like sit inside the robot and, <laughs> and play. So it was like a human controlling a robot probably made of wood, like, I, I don't know, but that was called the Mechanical Turk. And so Amazon made the service called Mechanical Turk, where you make an API call, a human does the work, and then, it, but you can treat it like it's just a computer service. I feel like, yeah, anything that's already doing that, and there are a lot, like you said, there's teams of people reviewing claims at insurance companies, uh, looking at verif- uh, ID verification for like banks for know your customer stuff. All of that stuff just gets way more efficient with this. Totally. Um, we've been thinking about doing this with customer service. Uh, yeah, d- d- data matching would be like a category of that where it's like mm-hmm. uh, data verification, um, uh, anything that's like comparing two data sets uh, and trying to match them uh, or any verification process. Uh, yeah. Like, like th- those, those are all good use cases. For anyone like trying to start a new business that like, for, for, for me, I'm obviously saying, how can we use this at Less Annoying Serum? I don't think Less Annoying Serum will fundamentally be like, AI will not be important, but like, like it won't be the main thing we sell. 
I do think if you were looking for like new opportunity, you might say, what are things that are useful to the customer, like services, human in the loop, mechanical Turk type services that are useful for the customer, but not useful enough to justify paying what it would cost if the human had to do the whole thing themselves. We may have just hit an inflection point where it's like a lot of things went from being unviable to viable because you can do it 10 times more efficiently. Uh, I don't have a specific idea of what that might be, but uh, there must be stuff like that out there that I bet we'll start seeing services offering. That's interesting. Yeah. I forget. um, I was listening to some podcasts with investors and one of the investors said like a thing I look for, like a question you ask someone when you're raising money is like, why now? Why hasn't this been done before? Like, because if if it hasn't been done before, that might you might take that as a sign that it's not gonna it's not an op like it's not viable for one reason or another. And so you should have a good answer if you're raising money to like this wasn't possible before and it is possible now. And I feel like that's like a big a, a pretty good answer to that question probably. Um, yeah, I like that. We've been toying with customer service. I think what most people are doing with AI customer service is just like talk to a chatbot type thing. I definitely don't want to do that. Um, we're actually doubling down right now. Our our new homepage positioning is going to be like no chatbots ever is going to be like one of our <laughs> slogans. Um, but I have been thinking again. I don't like the chat UI. I don't think people shouldn't have to type in to a chatbot. But if someone sends a contact form into us and we open that email in front, why shouldn't there be a drafted response already ready to go? And then we review it and send it out. Um. That could save a whole lot of time. <laughs> that, that is the I, a no-brainer use case. I, I do think that like it is so much easier sometimes, especially when you're tired and you're doing high volume, to do to edit something um, and press send than uh, to draft something from scratch and then edit it and then press send. Yeah, it, it's a huge thing, um, especially when it's good enough. I do. Uh... Have have you followed like the self driving car stuff? There's like different levels, like level three, level four, self driving. I forget what the exact. I think like level six is the highest or something like that. And there's a debate in the. I, I promise I'm going to connect this to what you just said. There's a debate in the self driving car world. What the Google like Waymos of the world are doing is they're saying we're going straight to level six. They're not even putting steering wheels in the car. What Tesla's doing is they're saying we're going from cruise control, which is level one, to lane assist, which is level two, to like they're just stepping their way up. And then what Google says is a bunch of people are going to die at like level five with Tesla's approach, because when uh, when like when cruise control doesn't do that much for you, so you still have to pay attention and you stay engaged at some point, it's like you can go uh, 100 miles and 99.9 of them, you didn't have to do anything. What are the odds you're going to be engaged and paying attention that that point one percent of the time when you do need to be paying attention? I do have some concerns about this on the customer service side that like the better AI gets if it's like good enough most of the time. Are people really going to read this? And like, how would training work? Imagine how hard it would be to train an employee if it's like you actually only need to edit, you know, five percent of the emails we send out. How do you build institutional knowledge like that? So I do think there are some challenges to figure out with this. Yeah, and it, it's probably approach like like Tesla takes. Yeah, versus um, going straight to Google's approach. Right. But to that point, if I'd yeah, be okay this, with this might be like level. Yeah, but we're not you're not driving cars. You're you're servicing people on their CRM. So like absolutely. The, error, absolutely. The, the, the error, like, uh, you know, the, the level of um, the size of error uh, that point zero one percent of the time in, in the analogy is less relevant to you. Very relevant to Tesla. Oh, absolutely. One hundred percent. But you also 
uh, I don't want to view this as like totally cost cutting. Like it, I don't want to make the customer service worse and save save money. I want to keep the customer service the same or make it better and save make money. Make it more and make it more um, efficient. Ma yeah. Make it more efficient. And I say save money. I want to be clear. Like I would never like lay someone off because of this. We'd we'd figure out other work for them to do. But um, it could affect the long term economics of the business. Like this actually, we, we have the same number of customer service people we had five years ago or four years ago, and twice as many customers. Um, and it's because <laughs> we've we've come up with ways to be more efficient about stuff. So it's not it's not like saving money in the sense of like firing people right now, but it's saying money in the sense of not hiring more people because the reality is our company's almost half customer service people right now, which is like way out of whack. And uh it'd be it'd be nice to not have that to, to get that ratio a little more reasonable in the future. <laughs> um another idea we had was uh I think again back to kind of the data reformatting thing. Something people ask for all the time is like they want to get data from Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever, and like dealing with APIs is a huge pain. Um, we're thinking like make a Chrome extension that just like doesn't matter what site you're on. Like it's not built for LinkedIn or Facebook. Like in the past, if you wanted to scrape data, you'd have to be like, I'm going to tell the algorithm how LinkedIn formats the data, which is kind of against their terms of service. There's various problems there. But if you're just like, here's a Chrome extension, push the button, it'll just pull any contact data off the web page and then send it to our API. Uh, that seems like another potential use case here. Uh, that is way better than the import one that you came up with. You think so? Yes, because that enables spamming people, Tyler. You've got to get into get with this. Like you gotta like enable spam know, and then you will I be know. like in growth like you'll be enabling growth for other companies. I am sort of giving up on no, I shouldn't say giving up. I still care about spam, but uh I think what we're gonna do is build an integration with Gmail and Outlook and be like you can spam people, but you're doing it with your personal email address. So if you fuck up your sending reputation, like there will be consequences. It's not our problem. <laughs> yep. <laughs> people will pay a lot of money for that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those are just a few. Th those are probably. Um, oh, yeah. And then there was one other one that Michael had that I really liked. Uh, a common thing we have for bigger accounts, and I, I bet any enterprise software has this, is there, you're talking when you're doing the sales process, you're talking to like, you know, one or two or three kind of decision makers and like an admin assistant you're talking to a few people and then they're going to roll it out to 100 other people and those how do you get those 100 other people to understand what's going on um what michael was saying is you could imagine just being like hey customer answer these five questions about how you want this thing to be used and then say hey chat gpt uh write a document for new hires at this company that just kind of runs through not how lessening serum works but like how they use it like when you get a call like this Go enter it into the CRM that way, or you know, kind of like documenting the operating procedures of that company based on um, a combination of what they tell us, mixed with knowledge about how our product works from like our help articles and stuff like that. I thought that was kind of an interesting idea too. Yeah, I'm still stuck. I, why aren't you building this Chrome extension to let people spam other people? Honestly, there's not a huge amount of. I, there's some. We hear this sometimes. There's not. This is not anywhere near like a top requested feature or anything. Oh, I just, I think this is one that people, if you showed it to them, they would go, I can do this. No, like, other CRMs already have this. They just built, they build it with an integration. Um, so this like, is like not a new feature. This is a feature that a lot of CRMs have. We just don't have it and it, we don't it, get that much demand for it. Oh, really? Like, I, it feels like something that a small business, if you said less annoying CRM makes it easy for you to add net new leads to your CRM. Through Chrome, through Google Chrome, like it seems like people would use the heck out of that. Well, you still have to find the lead. 
you have to go to a person's LinkedIn profile and push the button. Um, it just it saves you 15 seconds of copying and pasting. It's not getting you a lead you wouldn't have had otherwise. It, it is. Uh, it's useful. I'm just I'm not like turning my whole product roadmap upside you do down. That, you do that reason. enough. And then it's like, go find me more people like this AI. Yeah, that may be that. That's not yeah. exactly the idea I was talking yeah. about, but yeah. um, I bet they wouldn't do that. This one, I think, like, um, I I think all the AI tools, uh, the use cases that we could talk of, are going to fall into three categories: save money, do more of the same thing, like gain efficiency, um, mm-hmm. or or make more money. And uh, I think anything that makes more, like, allows people to make more money, is going to be more ex- like the most exciting thing that could happen. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, that's true. That's true of like B2B SaaS in general, right? Mm-hmm. You, if you can make people money and you want to be closer to the money, this is why like we've considered building invoicing because if we're the, if leaving less annoying CRM means you don't make money anymore, that's a problem. That, that That's sticky. I guess the, th- so I, I agree with all the things you just said. The theme I'm seeing though in the ideas that I'm excited about are it's not the, it's not when a customer lands on our homepage and we're marketing these features, then it's not, we've got AI. It's, we can, we can, we have this cool tool to pull contact data out of websites. We, our importer is really good. Uh, you know, it's the features should feel like just normal features to people, but they work because of AI in the background. That's, that's my bet on where this is headed, at least for the next couple of years. I, maybe when AI gets so good that it can actually replace humans, that won't be true anymore. But for now, that's what I'm expecting. I mean, the only reason that I agree with that completely, the only reason I've actually interacted with AI like meaningfully is because Notion embedded it into my workflow for me. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, they didn't like go, hey, come over here and click do this AI thing that's outside your workflow. And no- Notion is a uniquely, uh, again, that the current AI is like all about content gen. prompt, generate yeah, content. Not, it yeah. fits with Notion in a way that it doesn't fit with a CRM. It probably, it, it makes perfect sense with an email marketing tool, right? Uh, hey, email marketing tool, we just launched three new features. Can you draft an email for me? Anything where you're writing long form content, sure, there's a natural fit there, but most SaaS tools don't really have much of that. Um, I was thinking about another one um, where uh, potentially AI could educate employees and and consumers about health insurance better than an insurance agent could. Mm, yeah. Um, so education is an interesting one, like focused, like uh, consumer education for purchase, um, uh, for purchase to get them ready to the point where they're to talk to a, a live person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an interesting use case. It, it probably needs to be personalized, right? Mm-hmm. If it's just like pure education, Maybe you use AI to generate the content, but it's just a blog post at that point. Um, it's more interesting if it's like, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself and I'm going to like give you the content you need or something like yeah, that. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know how good at that it would be, but um, you know, how much do you, what, what do you know about health insurance? Oh, you don't know much? Let me tell you a little bit about health insurance. Would you like to know more? I don't know. There, it seems like an interesting conversation. Yeah, you can imagine people who do courses uh, using this in a kind of interesting way where it's like, because um, like I'm, I'm going through this Laravel course right now. Um, well, I stopped because I of the problem I'm about to say, which is it's like 90 videos or something. I already know how to build a website. So the ones that are like, you know, here's how cross-site request forgery works. I'm like, I don't, I don't need that. Like, I know how that works. I only need 15 of these 90 videos. Now, it's not that hard for me to go through and pick out the ones I want, but you could imagine a course that's like we have, like, it kind of reminds me of Clarity Flow, which we've talked about, aka Zip Message. Um, which is a tool for coaches that Brian Castle makes, he's going to build in or has already built in this like library system where it's like, I've got a bunch of videos. 
I'm going to recommend, like I'm the co- a business coach. I'm going to say, hey, I have put a plan together for you. Watch this video, this video, this video. Instead of just like, here are a hundred videos in my library. AI could potentially do some amount of that. Curation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, I've got some other ideas, but they're, uh, I'm, I'm less excited about them than the ones um, I already shared. So maybe we've beaten this topic to death. <laughs> well, do you think you can use AI for legate benefits in V1? Uh, the, the OCR thing is, is, uh, very interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we, as, as we've discussed, uh, we don't need that feature right now, but, um, you could imagine if it's like, yeah, anything like, like, well, I just, I just bought, uh, like glasses today and I had to like send my, uh, health insurance card to, uh, Warby Parker. Yeah. That's, that definitely strikes me as a thing that they could have just handled automatically. Uh, so I, that, that's a cool idea. Uh, uh, we should we should talk about that for V two. <laughs> cool. <laughs> also, um, I think this stuff is not it's not like fully there yet. It's not yet. It's not there. Yeah, you can't build a, a dependable um, like one like one path around this. Uh, you have to have sort of this as a as a an option or an add on. Yeah. Let me let me unless you have other thoughts. Let me end with one. Do you have good. anything else? Or, okay, no, my one question for you is: in I think it was maybe 2016, the self driving car thing got really popular. Do you remember this when like it was the next big thing? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, different from uh, VR that same year, VR got very popular and then it kind of waned and then it came back, but like VR kind of went away. Web three crypto, I think is in the process of dying. Self-driving cars didn't die. It's just that like they had the technology was good enough to do some demos that were really compelling, but the, the that extra 5% was missing. Do you think, you don't have any idea, I'm just asking for wild speculation. Is it like, no, we're actually at the point where AI is going to be good enough to do, there are obviously some existing use cases for it, but like, it's going to just be pump, pipe any question into it, it'll be able to do it, it's going to change everything like now. Or is it going to be more of a self-driving car thing where it's like very exciting demos and a few limited use cases, and then in 2030, there's going to be like a resurgence once they crack some more challenging problems. What's your sense of that? Um, I think it's more revolutionary than the self-driving car. Um, primarily because I, I think like, I, I just, I do think like, like for example, the coding aspects of this um, and the, just the content, like I, I think that it, it does so much work. F- that it's, it's good enough. It's, it's good enough now to actually use that. There's going to be, some, some systems built on top of it. And then once you get systems built on top of it, I think other things are going to open up that we can't even fathom right now. Um, and so I don't think it's just a, a kind of a, a, a grow and die, but I don't think it's going to be like an overnight thing, um, to the, to the next, to the full self-driving car stage. I think it'll be uh, more gradual. Yeah. And then it, all of a sudden all at once. It's, it's, it's hard to, to judge this because it did f- over the last year, it kind of went from zero to a hundred and the human but 100, brain but is relative to like a million. Like yeah, of what it could absolutely. Be. But it, the human brain likes to see patterns and likes to extrapolate. And you can be like, wow, if it keeps going, it's not years. It's like days before this takes over the world. Right. Um, and because oh, the speed at which it could could um, multiply um, yeah, is, is somewhat it, like un- unconscious. You can't even think about it. And I mean, that's the, the real like sci fi version of this is like it the 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 ai gets smart enough to 
start training itself or whatever. I'm I'm not even necessarily talking about that. Just if you look at what OpenAI has been doing from, you know, GPT-3 to ChatGPT, which is 3.5 as I understand it, to 4, it seems like every week there's such a major leap that like you asked, why aren't we going and building this stuff? And there's a few reasons. One, we don't have the resources and other stuff's more important. But part of it is like, I'd be very nervous to build anything about this and and uh, to, to, to build anything just because it's moving so fast. Let me end with uh, regurgitating a thought that Tyler Tringas had, which is he said, um, because it's moving so fast, don't build what you think is a long-term business off any of the existing technology, but it's okay to build short-term stuff. So Make he was saying money like, for a few months. Yeah. Don't charge monthly subscriptions, charge an upfront fee. Don't go raise money from venture capitalists because that's effectively like saying, I'm not going to cash out now. I'm going to like wait for a bigger thing. Basically, like that's a bad idea. Make your money right now or just wait this whole thing out. And, and once things stabilize, then go do something. I think I agree with that. I agree 100%. This yeah. is just the, the forefront of what we're going to see. And like it could change drastically. Yep. Um, all right, we got a few more minutes. Uh, do you want to give any updates on anything? Or yeah, so like um, I think uh, one thing that has been really interesting that I want to share about working with you on Leg Up Benefits, because um, just for context, like I'm spending an hour a week on this with Tyler, um, and then maybe some async stuff early in the morning or late at night. But it's really fast, like while I'm walking or something. It's and you can tell by the way I'm writing because it's like typo galore. Um, but but uh, but it, it's interesting because Tyler is is getting ahead of me in terms of like you have an idea right of a product and then when you actually go try to build it you run into all sorts of oops didn't think about that detail oops that's not possible oh I, I actually thought it worked this way but that won't actually work and then there's dependencies that, that that break things and then there's scope that you have to cut to get the product out the door and so all these conversations start coming up in our one on ones um, and our check ins um, and it's been really good but I think one thing that um, one thing that I think you've really helped me do is somewhat get out of the features and more into the jobs to be done. Um, and, and what we're built, like, why are we building what we're building and you know, what really matters? And I've got some clarity on that, um, that I didn't have, I think two weeks ago, it's very obvious when I say it out loud now, but like, um, you know, it's, it, what is like, what I'm getting clear on what problem we're solving, um, at leg up and, um, you know, that is a, it's a pretty universal problem and it's a problem independent of a lot of the things that are complex. Um, and it, it's not too different than less annoying CRM's positioning of, you know, a simple small business CRM, uh, with great customer service, um, for an underserved, uh, you know, small business, uh, target market. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. So what, like, I, I never know how much our listeners even understand what like like up benefits is, but like what what is this job to be done um, that you've kind of you're starting to settle on? Yeah, and I don't fully understand how to say it, but um, fundamentally, like, and I and 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 uh, but fundamentally, like, small there are many small businesses out there who do not offer traditional group health insurance benefits or traditional retirement benefits, and every time they hire an employee or every time they have a like compensation conversation with an employee the question of benefits comes up. Do you offer benefits? And so, you know, the first job that we're doing is letting the, giving the employer the power to say, yes, we offer benefits. Um, well, what do you offer for health insurance? Is the next question. Get, get specific. Um, you know, and then we give them the answer, uh, some, a script for that. Um, and after about two or three of these questions, they get to say, great question. I actually have a service called Leg Up Benefits. You're going to have a portal. 
Um, and you're going to be able to ask them these questions and they're going to take care of you. And eventually they they basically get to answer all the questions, um, and, and, and say yes. Um, and, and then they don't have to actually be involved in the delivery of the benefit, uh, past, mm-hmm. past defining an amount that they're willing to spend, um, which could be zero. Um, and, yeah. and so that is fundamentally what we're doing. I like that. Uh, I've got a few th- reactions that one is, um, part of our, like materials we give to employers should be a PDF they include with their offer letter. A thousand percent. Um, Half of it, they're, they're, exactly. We start getting into features now. It's like, uh, it's not, um, how, do we, how do we loop this through the tax code to create $5? It's how do we enable the custom, the, the, our, our core customer to tell a story to their uh, prospective job candidate or to their prospective hires? Uh, to an, a new employee when they're onboarding, to, to, to existing employees when they have a baby or have a big life event, mm-hmm. to existing employees during the annual seasonal open enrollment where everybody gets worried about this shit. Um, it's, it's, a, it's, like, it's almost like it's scripting almost. Yeah. And it's, all, it's so emotional. Like mm-hmm. um, It would be really easy to turn this into, oh, health insurance. Well, you have a deductible and there's a monthly premium and we're going to optimize that. And so let me tell you a little story. Um, maybe I've told you this before, but uh, I don't think I've said it on the podcast. So if you're hiring experienced employees, they're going to ask about benefits during the job offer um, most of the time. Uh, if you, we, at Less Learning Serum, we hired mostly people fresh out of college, especially in the early days. And they just weren't, so they'd never needed benefits before. They didn't know that was a thing to ask about. It was so interesting. A, a number of people, because for a long, we, we now offer group uh, health insurance, but we didn't for a long time. Uh, when do you think people brought this up with me? Age 26, when they opted off, they, they rolled off their parents' plan. So that makes total sense. But no, before that, it was after Thanksgiving, the year we hired them. And it's because they went home and their uncle or whoever is like, oh, I hear you got a job. Congrats. Is it a is it a good company? And they're like, oh yeah, I love it. Does it come treat me well? They tell me, but but yeah. And then they say, well, you know, good companies have good health insurance. That's how I'm going. I don't care what your salary is. How's the health insurance? And my employees would kind of be like, well, but they pay me like fifty percent more than my market rate. Like I I just buy my own health. And the uncle's like, nope, 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 nope. That's a bad company. Uh, And then they come back to me and they're like, listen, my my family's giving me shit about working here. And this happened multiple times. Uh, and that's the reason I say this is like how much it wasn't about, there was no practical problem for the employee. It's pure emotion and status. And like, you can't be a successful American without good health benefits. Uh, and like at the end of the day, money's money. Like, did you get it this way or did you get it that way? But that's, I think that peace of mind is a big part of what we're selling here. Absolutely. And, and it, but the employee won't get it if we don't enable the employer uh, the, the, the leaders at the company, particularly the business owner um, and whoever's administering this benefit, to tell a story about what mm-hmm. they're doing confidently uh, to to their people, and um, and I that clicked for me. Um, and then you know have the confidence in our service, which is not necessarily software; it's software plus our our our, our health insurance concierge to say leg up will take care of you. And um, they're not going to be some call center that you sit on a, on the you know uh, hold with for 15 minutes, and then you finally get someone, and they're like they they, they aren't very good. It's you know a good service that you can trust. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm excited to deliver that, and I think we yeah. can sell the hell out of it. Definitely agreed. Um, 
Cool. Well, we've got more to talk about with leg up benefits, but I know you got to get going early here. So uh, maybe we'll uh, give a, a bigger leg up update uh, in our next episode. That sounds good. Do you want to talk about anything else? Um, no, I don't think so. Let's, let's just call it. This, this is a short one today. <laughs> awesome. Uh, a short one focused on AI. Um, if you'd like to review past topics and show notes, visit startuptolast.com. See you next week. See ya.